Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to the 4th of July issue. Uh, Independence Day, y'all. Independence Day. Of inside. If, if your local government didn't cancel your fireworks show, then you had to definitely not drive to Wyoming like me to get get fireworks to light off in your in your neighborhood. And you definitely did not do that. I did that. not do that. I would not do such a if, thing. If you did not do that, how much did you not spend? Not $600. Oh! <laughs> I did not. I did not. I did not uh, do something that I said I would do when I was growing up, which was uh, instead of my dad being... Um, a penny pincher yep. and walking through and, and making us feel bad for the fireworks. I just said, here's two carts, kids. What do you want? What do you want, <laughs> kids? What do you I want? I mean, I definitely didn't do that. No, I mean, if, that's if, what in, you theory, didn't do, if in theory, that's what you did if not theory, do. If in then, theory. Yep. That makes sense. So speaking of uh, fireworks, let's talk about a rocket ship. <laughs> Beautiful. That's a Revit rocket ship. If you want to take your Revit skills up as fast as a rocket does, as fast as a fireworks If you're does, trying to be the Elon Musk of Revit, go to RevitRocketShip.com, where yours truly trains you how to use Revit in a proven system that we've taught thousands, th- literally thousands. I mean, we might even be in the tens of thousands now, depending. Nah, we're between one and ten. One and ten what? Thousand people have taken this course. That's awesome. That's a good range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very precise, between one and ten. <laughs> not five, not five hundred thousand. Um, go to RevitRocketShip.com. Uh, it's guaranteed. If you don't like it, we give you your money back. It's literally a, a very practical, practical way that we've taught students, other professionals, other firms, and our own staff about how to use Revit. There you go. Uh, and unless, uh, what I have to say is, unless you are working for one of the top architecture firms in the world, or even if you are, F9, just plan, <laughs> you know what it's like to work with limited resources, but there's one resource you can access no matter the size of your business. Maybe you're even a one person or one um, uh, one person firm or up to something like us, you know, 10, 12, 20, 30, infinity. Go to arccat.com. Arccat is a free solution for your building product information needs. They offer BIM objects, CAD details, specifications, and more from leading manufacturers. Research building products and get the information you need all in the same place without paying a cent or even registering. Give your firm a step up with ArcCat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com and start building better content today. Boom. Last thing, uh, to do all this cool nifty stuff, you're going to need a Dell. You're going to need a computer to do it. If you're thinking about upgrading, getting something new, they have new cool versions. Um, I, I've just been looking. I've been looking over them. I've been excited. We're going to get another laptop. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best. Um, so go to uh, ins- dell.com forward slash inside the firm. There they always have savings above and beyond what you can normally get. So do all your computer shopping at that link because you get a discount. You save. Helps out the firm. 
we appreciate it. We appreciate you. We appreciate Dell. We appreciate me, my family. Like I could keep going unless you stop me. Uh, the United States, the world for being <laughs> the world. Like we're not in an ice age. I got in an ice age kick before. Like that's really critical to what's going on right now. If not, we don't want to enter the ice age. No, nope, not going to happen for another couple hundred thousand years. So that's good. That's what they say. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is what they say. Do you want me to keep going or no? I what I want to hear about next is I want to hear about Al the contractor because Al. as many of you maybe do or do not know, but I'll tell you, Al is uh, Al is building a house and it's, yep. it's exciting. So we are after this after this episode. I'm actually going to go pull one more permit. We will be building four different things. I don't yes. think you know about that. Yep. So it's not my own house. It's for a client. It's for a great client. It's an infill lot. So it's very cool. So obviously like I was a little teeny lot. And that's one of the biggest challenges I think you're maybe up against is like, where do you place stuff on that baby lot? Yep. Yep. Where do you place stuff? And the, the challenges. So like we've built a lot of these tiny houses, right? And these complex, complex foldable structures. Right. And then I was probably at least my mind was involved the majority of time of this, but then of the Mark II, the big development project, but closer to halfway is when then I got like really like more physically involved, you know, uh, on the site. The, the thing, the thing that's hard is underground. Like, you don't. I don't, what I'm getting at is like, you don't spend too much time underground and I haven't before. Even, even before, like, Every, you're planning everything. Yes, you're planning for basements and crawl space below, but like until you unearth. Yes. Well, also think about when you're drawing too. Like you just do the foundation like last. Like you just, oh, my building's set. Here, here's some things. Yep. And there's so much different like surprises, so much things you have to think about. You have to coordinate too. Also like, okay, when are we digging the utility trenches? Who is digging the utility trenches? Like what is the order of that, that operation? Like... Because, you know, you could have it in excavation, but normally it's at backfill too. And then there's just, we're even bringing in this, this huge steel beam to, to span across. And I'm glad I asked. I, I sent, I talked to our engineer so that we drew the shop drawings the way that we wanted. And then, I, you know, basically I was going to order it. But then, like, I was like, I'm going to send this to the guys installing it. You know, our guys. Like, not our guys, but, you know, Geo Chantro. The framers. Yep. And he goes, he goes, yeah, hold on that column, that custom column. We're going to put a temporary one up and then we can measure it. Yeah. And it's just that little things of, of me like sending. I was like, ah, let's send this off. Right. And I, I make now like two week plans. Like I literally have like two, like it's a sheet. It's landscape. Eight and a half. This is what we're doing this two weeks. And then a week into it, I make the next two week plan. So like, I know what I'm doing in the next two weeks, like who inspections I need to call. That's the other thing. What kind of inspections do you, do you think this is, and this is why this is really why I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to finally ask Al, do you think, cause, cause I've been the contractor mostly. Yeah. Um, now that Al's literally heading this up, do you think you juggle more things in your head and for a project when you're the contractor or the architect? Well, the contractor, right? For sure. Yeah. So yeah. when here's and my point with this is that, <clears throat> all right, if you're if you're a contractor and you're charging above ten percent, which that's where most contractors yeah. are these days, and you're an architect and you're not getting those kind of fees, 
I'm I'm telling you, I think that's why. I I, I honestly think, like, it is one thing, and I can say this because we we wear both shoes, like both hats, you know. Yeah. And I'm not trying to degrade architects or anything like that, but like, I don't know, your, your level of responsibility and the things you have to juggle. Like, I'm telling, I from my perspective, it seems like there's more. It seems like you're plus you're the one actually building it. Yeah, lines on paper or lines on paper until they're not. Exactly, exactly. So that's, this is actually leads into what I want to ask the whole audience, right? So I want to ask them if they think it would be beneficial if we did a course that was mm-hmm. residential architect to residential builder, like from designer to builder. And like what I would have in my head for like planning on that is like is literally step by, by step, meaning how you... I think you soft sell it almost during architecture, yes. right? What, no, no, what, that's exactly what you do. You soft sell it. Yep, what yep, you do hinting. there, right? And then also, okay, then there'd be a module on bidding and like this whole foundation. Who's doing what? When are they doing it and how is it done and what needs to happen, right? And then two-week snapshots of the whole process of what's happening, right? The construction breakdown in two weeks for the whole thing. What insurance you need. Like our strategy to not lose money, like to guarantee, like to not lose money on these big things. Like, how do you do that? How do you set that up? What is actually happening so that it can be as smooth as a process as possible? So the same same thing, like, oh, here's our two week template. Here's how we schedule it out. Here's what you need to know when you're bidding these certain things and, and who's doing it. What to, the, here's the, 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 temp- the details, looking at the details, like this, like our painter, I... He, I had to get him to include the paint. It was like, what do you mean you're not including the paint? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, but like, I don't want to do this unless there's people who actually want to do it. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to ask the listeners, right? Okay. For us to make this course, I want five people to, to email us and say, yes, I want the course. And it would really like, it's going to be $1,000, right? Yeah. But for those five people that sign up, we're just going to cut the price in half, right? So literally we'll take a down payment, you know, half of that half, and then we will make the course and you'll be the first ones to get it. But if five people don't want it, it's not even worth our time to make it. I agree. Right? So email me, akg at f9productions.com and say, hey, I'm in for that half price deal for you guys to make that course. Because the ramifications are this, especially if... if even if or if not we're heading into a recession, the amount that taking a residential project and literally like doubling your profit. And and, and what's different is like the percentage. You might say like, oh, well, we make 10% on architecture and then, you know, contractors. Well, contractors, you make like probably around 15. Yeah. Um, you wait, you make more money. Even like, even if you think like you're, you're, you're making just enough. You're making more money. You're, yeah. You're making more money. You also know the project um, because you, you've designed it and worked with it. You know the client. Um, so, I mean, it, it's financially, it's only a problem if you do not physically have that money. If you physically have that money, it's, in my view, it's a no-brainer mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. No-brainer. Yep. Yeah. There you go. You got it. I like the idea, Al. Now AKG at F9productions.com. Yeah, five wait. people. Five people minimum. We'll, we'll make it happen. I think it'll be fun. Um, and the other thing, the last thing I would add to that is that uh, if you are trying, if you really are an entrepreneur, you're not just an architect, 
that is probably the this is it's fun again like I'm not saying we built F9 and we're done with it. We're still growing it. You've heard us talk about how we want a Denver office. But I don't know. Now we're growing another company. And it's I'm, I'm excited about it. Like, I get up and I'm like, oh, good. This is the new company. It's a whole other challenge. And there's rewards, obviously, with those challenges. So if, if, you, if, you, if you really want to get on that level, I, I think, you know, that, that's do it. Make it happen. Email Alex. He'll email back. He'll say, hey, thanks for emailing. Yeah. Okay. Do I get to, uh, now uh, I'd like to talk about something. Cool. Do it. And I would like to read to you, Al. Oh, and I'd ev- love it. And everybody else. Um, so uh, the, the phrase, no good deed goes unpunished, mm-hmm. um, was uttered by me uh, earlier, earlier this week um, for various reasons. And, and for various reasons, um, and this pertains to like not just this week, but other weeks too, where we have maybe thought it was a good idea. For instance, on this, uh, this project that we're working on in um, Adams County, Colorado, it is, is this commercial project. It's going to be like this millennial playground for adults. And one of our, one of our staff members th- thought it was, he kind of, he never really got confirmation on it, and, but he went ahead anyway and thought, I'm going to do a good deed and I'm going to remove because we're changing occupancies and we don't need all this fireproofing anymore between the occupancies, I'm gonna just start removing that. It's gonna save. It's gonna save the client money, and it ended. It ended up being, don't do that. Um, I'm not convinced that it's gonna save you money. And then we sort of had to eat some fees because of that, right? Okay. So yeah. that, that's where this article is coming from. So the article is uh, Psychology Today. Is it true that no good deed goes unpunished? Um, and so the author is Tema. Aaronfield, and she starts off with, my mother who had a degree in social work but chose to leave the profession spent a part of every day being helpful. There was always someone she was thinking about beyond her family loved. I loved and admired this about her. She also used to say, no good deed goes unpunished. As far as I could tell, she meant this in general, almost superstitious way. And and I got to tell you, this is me interjecting now, like I didn't believe it until there's been about three instances now where this kind of popped up and I'm like, man, maybe it's true. As a 37-year-old man, I'm like, wow, maybe finally this got proven true to me. So, continuing. Your good deed could draw you into a sad or overwhelming situation. That made sense. But she also seemed to mean that the universe would punish you. Some other event would occur or remotely related that would hurt you. Growing up, I didn't understand that when most people said, quote, no good deed goes unpunished, quote, end quote, they meant the punishment would come directly from the recipient of the good deed. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and then she, if you feel isolated, become uh, become a better listener. If life feels meaningless, volunteer. Doing good deeds is stimulating. And if you develop a happy spiral in which you want to do more good deeds, especially if you do things you're good at, you'll be happier. Favors may be returned with more favors and you'll feel socially connected, which is good for your happiness and health. And not least alongside your benefits to yourself you can actually help others which is a good way to spend your time but helping others can backfire too in my 30s i considered becoming a social worker myself my mother was adamantly opposed she flew into a rage her daughter was meant for better paid more intellectually demanding work then she began to cry uh today i'm close to my i'm close to the age my mother was then she is no longer alive for us to have that discussion i'm writing this blog instead so she, I want to say, Mom, what did they do to you? How did they punish you? I am so sorry, because now I understand. You can say that I've been punished because I help people who didn't want to be helped, 
or for the wrong reasons, or picked the wrong battles, or didn't deserve my didn't preserve my boundaries, or am tactless or untrained. I can blame myself. But I think it's just true. Many people don't like being helped. Mm. I, I I'm, this is me interjecting now, Lance. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pretty independent guy. Like, I, like it's a lot for me to ask for help, unless it's somebody I'm paying. If it's somebody I'm paying, I don't know. For some reason, I, I know, just. I moved a lot of rocks for your house. I've moved a lot. Of- <laughs> you, 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 he, he, he I, I distinctly remember him saying, "Hey, we'll come out and help." <laughs> and they I'm just w- giving you crap. <laughs> and they withdraw. They may punish you. Not everyone. Not always. But when it happens, it hurts and can. And I can identify that precise pain. Here's one example. Through a mentoring program at my job, I met for three years, twice a month, with a junior high school student who was fighting hard for a better life. Let's call her Tina. Her single mother used to, dem- used to demand that Tina do all the daycare work instead of homework. Tina ran away to live with her grandmother. She wanted to be the first person in her family to go to college. We figured out exactly what grade she needed to achieve in each class to get into the most prestigious college in New York City's public university system. Her grades went up. She had a boyfriend who was trouble. She broke up with him. She applied to college. One day, Tina came to my office and said, quote, I have a confession, end quote. I listened. I don't remember feeling judgmental. I felt sympathetic. She told me something vague about getting into trouble with the law. It didn't sound serious, though. Then, out of the blue, she didn't show up to our next regular appointment without letting me know. Was Tina in real trouble? Was she in prison? She didn't answer any of my calls. I fretted. I also understood that maybe she wanted to end the relationship and didn't know how to tell me directly, so she made up a story. After a while, I called her grandmother to ask how she was. Her grandmother was cheery. Oh, Tina's upstate in college, she said proudly. I'm so proud of her. That was a relief. Could you let Tina know she can get in touch with me anytime? I just wanted to hear how she's doing. I'm really proud of her, too. Oh, you'll hear from her, her grandmother said. She told me that you saved her life. It's now 15 years later, and I still haven't heard from her. Tina didn't actually punish me. She just told me a scary story and disappeared. Okay. I'm curious how this is exactly. going to tie together. Exactly. It's a good story. That's why I'm reading it to you, Al. Good. Uh, there are cases of withdrawal when people become uncomfortable with being helped, but sometimes they become hostile. A friend I love loved once told me her husband was hitting her. I gave her a set of my keys. She lived a few blocks away. I said, you can come here if it's ever too much. How did this end? A few years later, she in fact divorced the husband. She broke, out of our, she broke off our friendship saying I was selfish and didn't care about her happiness. She wrote a thinly veiled blog about a bad friend I was. I found out later she was going on vacations with, her, with the abusive husband. My moral. If I'm learning to be a better helper, there are ways to do it that don't backfire as often. I am not going to stop helping. It is good for me, and I sometimes do good. But I know that the recipients may sometimes withdraw and sometimes go out of their way to hurt me. It's not true that, quote, no good deed goes unpunished, end quote, but some good deeds are. Okay. I like... It's, 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 I think it's not true. What is... That no good deeds goes unpunished. But I think there is, it happens. So like instinctively, we remember highs and lows, right? Like every McDonald's meal you get, you don't remember because it's just normal. But like when you get the best meal after you ran like 20 miles, like you're like, that was the best meal in the life, right? Mm -hmm. If you get like 
a, a finger in your McDonald's meal. You remember that too. Probably. So let's say, Lance, you help 10 people and one of them punishes you. You remember that because not only like is that rare and it's the opposite of what you put into it, but let's say you are a helpful person and like you helped like, not only are you getting punished for this, the person punished you doesn't realize like, I've helped nine other people before you. Like, all I'm doing is trying to help people. So then it feels like, holy cow, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And then I get punished, right? When it's probably just, I don't know if it's one out of 10, one out of 100, something like that. It does happen. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I would think of where you might want to be cautious and do less of it is where you are forcing your help on it, people, right? So like, let's say someone is a, a drunk, and it's a fine line between they're being a drunk and you need to do like a hard intervention versus like they just like to go to the bars all the time. They don't care that the that it's taking away a lot of money and it's poor and you're just like literally nagging their lifestyle, right? Um, or like, yeah, like p- picking up the mantle. <laughs> like if you just decided to come help me this is a, a rare example. Like I'm going to help babysit your kids. Like, what are you doing? Like your kid, you know, like your kids need me as an influence. No, they don't get the, get out of here. What are you doing? That's an example. Maybe it's, it's, not a good maybe one. it's statement versus question. Explain, expand. Al, I'm coming over on Saturday. I'm going to watch your kids yeah, versus please. Al. You want me to? Hey, um, me and Marilyn don't have anything going on on Saturday night. And uh, if you guys need a break, if you guys ever need a break, just throw the out. kids at you. Just bring them over, man. Bring them over. Yeah. Way different. Way different. Yeah. Way different. And so it, and it reminds me of like tasks on a, on a, on a, it reminds me of tasks in the firm. Like I just talked about with the fireproofing and then also on the job site. There's been instances where I show up to the job site and it, it geo this morning. Hey, can we take out the exterior door and start framing up the interior walls? I'm like, we're not dried in for an addition. We need to be dried in with the addition, and then we'll start removing what was the exterior door because now it's in the interior. Like, it's protected. Mm-hmm. Thank God he asked and didn't just do. Yeah. You know? Well, then would you say, like, besides this example, it's when people feel like the help was forced on them, that they didn't have a choice. Yeah. That's the key distance. People don't like to be told what to do. So you're basically telling them what to do through your trying to help them, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So maybe like half of the time when you get punished, maybe it was forced help. And the other half, I, I would say it's just some like, come on, everyone knows there's shitty people or in shitty circumstances mm-hmm. or in a shitty mood. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to get around that. So it happens. Yeah. So are you, so is your conclusion that kind of like hers were like, um, not all good deeds go punished. Not all good deeds get punished. Only some of them. And that's the, like, it's a, it's a gray area, just like life. Yes. And, and I would say it's going to happen. You might be able to mitigate some. It's still worth it to do the good deeds. Um, and if, <laughs> and look at yourself, maybe, maybe you've done this to someone. Maybe you've punished them for, and you can see their perspective that from their idea it was a good, good deed. Don't punish them or go and apologize. Say, Sorry. I know you're trying to do something good. Um, I just felt like it was forced on me, and that's why I backlashed, or whatever the reason was. There you go. There you go. What do we got next, Al? We have, let's bring down the crew for ARE Jeopardy. 
All right, first question. A measure of how much water vapor is in the atmosphere is A, dry bulb, temp dry bulb temperature, B, wet bulb temperature, Ugh, can't talk today, C, dew point, D, humidity. All right, we have D, D, and B. It is D. It is the definition of humidity. It's a measure of how much water vapor is in the atmosphere. Okay, question two. What is not one of the four different types of land ownership? What is not one of the four types? A, corporation. B, franchises. C, partnership. D, trustee. Land ownership. What All we right. Got? What do we got? We got B, C, and B. The answer is B. The answer is B. Franchisees, that's just, you know, McDonald's doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, it still could be a corporation. It still could be a partnership. It still could be a trustee. Yep. Probably not a trustee, but you know, you can get the point. It can. Can A it? lot of it is trustee. Yeah. All the other three are correct. I'll be damned. All right. Number three. What percentage of total floor area can't an incidental area exceed? A, 5%, B, 10%, C, 12%, D, 15%. What percentage of total floor area can't an incidental area exceed? A, 5%, B, 10%, C, 12%, D, 15%. We got A. one answer is A, C, D. You're all incorrect. The answer is B. 10%. 10%. Yeah, can't exceed that. All right, number four. What are the edge members uh, or beams of a, of a diaphragm on either a roof or floor referred to as? A, edge of member. B, end of member. C, cords. D, flanges. I repeat that. What are the edge members or beams of a diaphragm on either a roof or a floor referred to as A, edge of member, B, end of member, C, cords, D, flanges. Uh, we have one answer is A, B, and B. You're all wrong. C, C cords. cords. <laughs> Who won this one? So uh, how many did you get right? W one, one, two. Yay! Where are we going to eat, Ross? Popeyes. Popeyes. Except you're not even. Are we doing it today? Are we eating today? No. I, oh well, you could because Fridays uh, people aren't Who's coming over. It's only Al. Al Grash gone. I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving like in like five minutes. Nice. Okay. You heard that. He's yep. leaving. So speaking of me leaving, you, you probably are like, hey Al, how do I learn Revit? You're leaving. I uh, <laughs> go to RevitRocketShip.com. I kind of said this in the beginning. If you were paying attention, there you learn how to uh, learn Revit from. Yours truly. We teach everyone here. Uh, uh, Tyler just went through it. He <laughs> loved it. <laughs> He's laughing. That's all I got for you. All I got is if you haven't left us a five-star review, please head over, head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. It helps with our rankings. And have a great Independence Day. And definitely do not go to Wyoming to get illegal fireworks. See you next week.